All right, guys, welcome to the debrief. This is the debrief after our episode with Kathy Wood. Uh, David, Kathy Wood's a dream guest for us. Like she's been one of the people on our short list of like 10 people we want to have on Bankless. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, we're, we're slowly getting them all. Um, them off, yeah. Andrew mm-hmm. Yang might be the next. Definitely want mm-hmm. him to come on Bankless and share some thoughts and feedback. But um, Kathy Wood is a big one. And that episode did not disappoint. Um, I wonder if maybe we could we could start with some of the conversation we had after the recording. Right. I know uh, Chris said that we we stopped the recording, but said that some of this was was fine to share. But we were talking about uh, market cycles mm-hmm. and like basically um, what's going to happen next in crypto. And it's a conversation of whether Chris Berninski believes in the super cycle theory, where it's basically crypto will have the kind of like bumps along the road. We might have times where we lose, you know, 40, 50%, but there's never going to be a repeat of 2018 where crypto just fell off a cliff and Bitcoin lost like, you know, 85, 87% of its value. Ether lost 95% of its value. Um, But he says that actually a crash, his words, uh, is coming to crypto and that he's starting to get concerned uh, maybe we don't have as much time as others would believe. Maybe there's six to 12 months left on this, this bull run. And he starts to get worried as Bitcoin and ETH hit another 2X or 3X, like time is short. What was your take on that? Well, it's hard to say. It's, it's, it's interesting to say that a crash is coming after there's like, but there's also still room to 2 and 3X, right? <laughs> like everyone is going to be playing this game of chicken. But that's what he's alluding to is like, there is this game of chicken happening. And what more or less he's saying is that like, there is no such thing as a new paradigm. Incentives are incentives. Paper gains must be turned into real gains. And as that transition from paper gains to real gains happens, inevitably it creates the opposite reflexivity part of the cycle, right? We always talk about crypto cycles. We've been talking about the crypto cycle for the past like, you know, 12 to 18 months on the Bankless show. And I think listeners, when they hear that, it's like, oh yeah, this cycle where it goes up. But let me remind you, cycles are cycles. What must go up must come down. And the, the nature that we've seen of crypto markets is that uh, they overshoot and then they undershoot and then they overshoot and then they, and then they undershoot. And so Chris is saying that, no, 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 no such thing as a super cycle. Uh, what goes up must come down. We will set new floors and they will be higher, um, but also like, We've seen a lot of people make a lot of money uh, and that, that he, he illustrates that as a precarious like house of cards, right? Like while the bottom of the house of cards does come more and more solidified, the top of the house of cards definitely has room to tumble. Uh, and so that is what Chris is worried about. And what he's, I, I think, explicitly saying, not to put words in his mouth, David, but like this is a repeat of 2017, 2018. We're going to hit these euphoric highs. Right. And then we might see assets like uh, Ether, which is more a blue chip asset, lose like 80%, 85% right. of its right. value. From Again, its not his numbers, high. but some numbers, right? Some number. We might see Bitcoin do a little bit less than that. It's kind of a, a more, like it's an older asset. And then we might see other um, layer ones potentially that are, are newer, other more speculative assets mm-hmm. lose a massive amount of value. Right. Like you that haven't been around for that long. Yeah. 2018, 2019. I mean, some of these assets lost 99% of their value. Many never recovered. Right. Like some did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to ask you, what's your take on this? You think Chris is right? 
I mean, if we, he said six to 12 months, right? And so I, I think if we map this on to like the whole 2017 run, like 2017 happened if, in my mind, two phases. Yeah, there was a, an initial big run up that caused a ton of attention and a ton of excitement. And then there was, um, excuse me, three phases. Initial big run up, then like a pretty decently long, like flat phase. And then the last run up that caused like the peak. Uh, and, and then it was the, a crash all the way down for the next like 18 months. And so like, if, the, if Chris is saying we're like 12 to six to 12 months away, like it, it is kind of alluding to how we are um, in that like little flat period. Like we've brought on a ton of new people into the ecosystem, um, a ton of new owners for the first time. And the, the idea is like, if they, if it is the middle part of like the 2017 run, like those people are also about to find some gains. Uh, but the, but then again, the house of cards just gets stacked way too high. And so if there is one more run up, Chris believes that like the house of cards is too precarious, too many paper gains. Um, yeah, you can. This is kind box. of my, this is kind of my belief. This is kind of like where I stand. But again, like that that means that my belief is that like my net worth goes two to three x more. And wait, so, like, wait, of, wait. Of course, I believe that. that. I, I do. I do think that. I thought you were a believer in the super cycle that like um, we're not going to repeat 2017, 2018. Okay, so like this is, is where weird. these terms are so inherently subjective, right? Like Chris says, a crash. What does a crash mean? Like, does that mean like an 80% drawdown in let's two months or 20 months? He's like, not what's here up with to that? answer that. But yeah. like, let's assume he means kind of something on the scale of 2017, 2018. I, I would argue that's against the, the super cycle idea, yes. which is we're never, yeah. we're not going to have a 2017, 2018 right. like euphoria and then crash. Mm -hmm. So let's define right. crash as that's, right. let's say right. that's that what that. he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, you think that's the case? Or I thought you were kind of a believer more in the super right. cycle. I, I, I'm a believer that um, the big money of the world, which, you know, Chris talk, talked about how capital births capital, right? Uh, if there is a crash, the big money of the world, all of the, the well-financialized, well-capitalized people that still have not yet allocated to crypto, uh, which was like, according to, to Kathy Wood, like only 2% only two percent of the world is actually allocated to crypto. Those people are going to catch the crypto industry on the way down. And so That's while they're still last time, David, what time? 2017, 2018. I well, thought, okay, but it's going to be true at some point in time. Why not now? It wasn't true last time, which makes it even more likely that it's going to be true this time. Uh, I think the, the, the crypto has been legitimized. Bitcoin is a, a country in El Salvador, or excuse me, a, a, a money in El Salvador. Like it's pretty, it's pretty damn legitimized. Like a lot of actual, like big companies are incorporating Ethereum into their business structure. I think the big money of the, of the world will, will cradle the crash, cradle it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I guess my kind of view is that, um, there's an element of that that's true, but, but also this is what we've seen in every single cycle in crypto where like, um, the cycles go a little bit longer. So I could imagine this going a, a little bit longer. Um, the euphorias, at least for like the blue chip, the Bitcoins and Ethers won't be quite as high compared to some mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. And the crashes, at least for the, the top crypto assets, won't be as severe. So rather than 95% of ETH, maybe we do like an 85% 80. off of ETH, maybe an 80, right? Mm -hmm. And similar, to, but I, I, I kind of subscribe to the idea that that's actually going to happen mm -hmm. in, in crypto yet again, like history will repeat. This is just another pattern in the endless fractal patterns, um, there will be euphoria and hysteria and craziness. And it's not now, but like we might have one more shot at this.
right. and things might get really crazy. Um, that's kind of my default going into this, but this, this is also reading into like, if you're a unicycler, if this is your first crypto cycle, like you don't remember 2017 right. and, and 2018, but for the people who are around then, like your few, you kind of extrapolate based on 2017, 2018, you're like, oh yeah, it's going to be exactly the same. So I recognize that I have some biases on that side. Um, but like your, your point of, you know, Bitcoin, El Salvador adoption. Yeah, that's big. That's never happened. That's new, no doubt about it. But like, that's also what it takes to get billion, like Bitcoin above a trillion dollars, right? You like need some sovereign nation states to get it to the inflated heights that that Bitcoin might might see in this market cycle. So, I kind of I kind of agree that right. we're gonna that we're gonna repeat this whole thing again. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Kathy's point was, yeah, and that's not so bad, right? Like. Um, it, every time it gets more resilient, that's actually how you build resiliency. But um, yeah, I, th I think it could be the case, but who knows? You know, one of the, one of the other safety nets that I see, and it was, this was one of the questions I asked, is that like Kathy's, Kathy Wood and Ark's premise about the world is that there's all these like paradigm-breaking technologies that are all hitting their S-curves of, the, of adoption. And if like DeFi integrates with all these other technologies that are also hitting its S-curve of adoption, like there is more and more chances and opportunities for so much more surface area for some of these things to actually be used and to actually build real utility beyond speculation that justifies um, not only just like allocating more money to it, but also just overall more usage and make and stronger fundamentals, right? But like also at the same time, we need all of those things to happen like sooner rather than later if we are going to prevent this local cycle from becoming a huge crash. Like how yeah. fast, how fast is AI and like autonomous vehicles going to integrate with DeFi? Like maybe yeah, not and, in the next five years. And like some of these things, right? So like, let's talk about what an 80% drop means. If ETH hits 10,000 this cycle, right? 80% mm -hmm. is just back to $2,000 ETH, right? Which by the way, was the price that Chris Berniski tweeted out. It was like, hmm, this seems like the bottom of the next cycle. <laughs> I remember him tweeting that. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Anyway, it's something to, something to keep in mind. Not that like, I, I mean, I don't personally play these cycles very right. much because it's just like, you never know. I, I just, you know, the bankless philosophies were not traders, you know, buy and holds, may, maybe have a separate trading bag and optimize within that. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Anyway, that was the after the call kind right. of conversation, but um, what a great podcast overall with Kathy. What were right. some of your other takeaways, David? It, it was really awesome to hear her talk about the banks. Um, Cause that's a perspective that you and I, we were, we were way too biased to be able to have like a sober perspective totally about that. Like, yeah. Wearing banks a bankless don't, banks don't know anything. Like they're not allocating <laughs> and they're totally asleep at the wheel. And the Kathy yeah. was like, no guys, the banks are like super fucking scared. Like yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here's my language. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting her to say that. Right. And with the sincerity and like, even when we asked, are, like, are you sure about that? She's like, oh yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure about that. Oh yeah, I'm like, sure. Like, you don't see it. And I'm like, no, we see it, but right. we can't trust ourselves. <laughs> right. No, we spin the narrative, but we don't actually know. <laughs> we don't know. Right. And, you know, so it felt that that was, that was pretty incredible. Um, there was also an undertone that, hey, hey maybe that's why crypto is receiving some additional regulatory. Right. Yes. Right. Mm. Im implying the incumbency relationship to the regulation that we have seen. Yeah. Ooh. Kathy, Wood, I, th I think Kathy Wood implied that. I, again, not putting words in her mouth, I, but like that was the implication. That was definitely the implication. And you can kind of see it specifically with actions from the treasury. And some of this SEC stuff like lately doesn't really make, make sense. I right. mean, 
you know, ARC has to be very guarded on what they say sort of publicly, but she got into some of the particulars around like Coinbase, mm-hmm. SEC going after their, their Lend product uh, in kind of a bizarre fashion. I mean, she also said, as others have reflected on, on Bankless, hey, the court system is where this stuff gets figured out anyway. Right. Right. So maybe it's good. We'll get some clarity that way. Um, but yeah, she definitely sees, she definitely linked disruption of the banks to crypto very clearly. Mm-hmm. And then she also linked regulatory pressure to that disruption, which right. is uh, pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, no, and uh, I mean, she, she would know. I mean, she watched so. the dawn of the internet. She's very familiar with capital markets and macro structure. Banks set those capital markets and market structures. Uh, and as we always beat the drum on the Bankless program, the banks are incumbents with everything to lose. Well, you know, do you remember our podcast with uh, Richard Turn about mm-hmm. China's central bank digital currency? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, um, regulators and Congress are basically bought by the big banking lobby in the US. That's why you'll never see the US government embrace fintechs or right. any internet disruptors to displace the banking system as, as they have in China. And I mean, it is maybe a cynical view, but I'm not sure if it's the wrong view. Oh, uh, I think it's the consensus view. I mean, at, least, at least among the outsiders of the world. Yeah, I mean, I, this is this is very much what I think, but um, it just flies so in the face of America's narrative. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say, David, right. like it's external narrative anyway, like right. free competition. Anybody can start anything. Yeah, right. Um, well, it's external narrative is all just as antiquated as the banks are. That's sad. Yeah. I mean, that's sad if that's sorry the case. to drop that bomb. <laughs> well, in which case, like, we definitely have a fight on our hands, don't we? Right. And yeah. um, I mean, we've known we've known this. <laughs> tough, t- tough times hot ahead. That fight's yeah. Get. Yeah. No, th- we were we were talking about this uh, unrelated to the podcast, but earlier, just like overall, is like kind of the fun, naive early days of crypto are over. We were talking about that on the on the weekly roll up. Also, in reference to one of crypto, uh, Chris Bernisky's tweets about how this is the end of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, the beginning phase of the crypto world is over. Uh, and I think uh, another marker of that is Kathy Wood saying like, yo, the banks are hella scared. Like, <laughs> that also, that's also indicates that. Well, okay. So uh, the way Chris ended it was super interesting too, where uh, I, I talked I about his you're going. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, so can we talk about that concern? I mm-hmm. share that concern, sir. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I share the, the, like, if someone were asked me if crypto goes wrong, where will it go wrong? And mm-hmm. I would say what Chris said, I mean, he said it more elegantly, but like corruption, mm-hmm. centralization, mm-hmm. Uh, new boss, same as the old boss. Right. We install a new banking class. I mean, this is what we've been saying for, for so long. Right. He pointed specifically to wealth inequality, right? Mm-hmm. And unequal distribution of the new capital that we make. Yeah, exactly. And he almost, this is also what I see, like almost um, even if that's not the system's intention, right? Like liquidity and capital sort of pools in that way. So how do you make a lot of money in crypto? You're early, Mm -hmm. you're smart, concentrated bets. And like, once you do that, it's easy to make more money. It's much easier to make more money in crypto, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, what's your take on that? Is that a worry that you mm-hmm. share? And like, is there a solution out there for this? Right. I think Chris also said, or at least alluded to, like some of the topological nature of these networks also 
when networks are inherently flat or hierarchical, they will wealth will pool differently, right? And if the networks are flatter, as in they are more decentralized, the capital and the liquidity spreads further out. But when they are less decentralized and more hierarchical, the capital pools in a less flat nature. And so he's when he talks about corruption, he's he's also talking about like the way some of these networks are designed. And during bear markets, and this is also what I talked about on the Layer Zero episode with Anthony Susano, which comes out tomorrow morning for people that are listening to this on Monday. Um, the way these networks are designed dictate how capital flows around them. Uh, and uh, in bear markets, people are in crypto for the money. Everyone is in crypto for the money. So let's like cross that off the board. We're all in crypto for the money. But in bear markets, people are also here for the values, right? They're also here for the decentralization, also here for the sociological implications of decentralized technologies. In bull markets, people forget about those things. Like new networks are spun up that would not have been sustainable in bear markets. New things are funded in bull markets that are not aligned with the ethos of crypto that otherwise would have been in bear markets, right? Um, and so I think when, when, if I, maybe I'm, you know, putting too many words into Chris's mouth, but when he says he's worried about corruption or just uh, some of these like heavy gains that has been made that are outside of the original ethos of, of crypto, I'm hearing about like, Things that uh, the things that were, were got funded that wouldn't have otherwise gotten funded if they were based off of crypto principles alone, and I think I think if I again if I know Chris that's kind of what he's alluding to. Well, let me connect the last thought and bring this like kind of full circle to our our discussion in the beginning. Um, what you just said makes me kind of want another bear market. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. Like. Yeah. Re restore the values of crypto. <laughs> Bear markets are a cleansing function, right? right? Mm -hmm. It's like it's like an enema for all the garbage that's happening, all the inflated exuberance mm -hmm. that just cruffs up during every single bull market, right? There's a lot of things that have a valuation that are probably justified. There are some things right now that don't, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know how much farther we'll go down that path, but like a bear market is a restaurant. All the tourists leave. Right. You remember this, like, the people without the values leave. Sometimes I kind of, um, sometimes I kind of crave that a little bit, like personally, mm -hmm. just like, um, 2018, 2019 for me personally, it was exhausting. It was so difficult, but right. it also felt like home, right? You know, if it was that, just it, like, yeah. You had soon, to totally... we were craving a bull market. We were craving we were. a bull market. And then the bull market it. came and we were like, oh, I not necessarily <sighs> want wished for all of this. First, it was great. Right. But like, I'm like, I got my sugar rush now. And I'm like, I'm coming down off that high. Right. Can't keep and on just eating like, sugar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like, I want some more, you know, sustenance here. Right. And there are a bunch of people who are piling into crypto, um, you know, for different reasons. Mike Tyson. Solana right. or ETH, right. uh, he tweets this out. Right. Like, I don't, I, I mean, why are you here? Like right. I, the people- <laughs> What's your are, deal, Mike Tyson? What's your deal, right? And like, as you said, the common denominator is everyone's trying to get rich, right? Mm -hmm. So are people in bank lists. And right. this is the promise of, of betting early. Uh, but if that's the only reason you're here, mm -hmm. it starts to hollow out the movement right. for me. I'm not saying we're there yet, but like, I'm starting to get those- um, Ah, remember the bear market? Like that right. was nice. Right. Uh, it kind of feels going nice, on. nice, quiet time with the homies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this plays out, but yeah. what, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. 
Uh, bu- 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 uh, there's Yassine, there... Yassine was interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about, I feel like we did have some shaping of mm-hmm. ARK Invest. I want to say that. Crypt, crypt, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ethics oh, exposure. We- it's a debrief. We can say whatever we want. Okay, we definitely. Did. I, I was okay. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to say the words triple point asset. Um, he, he he said internet close. native bond, which close close yeah close uh, enough. Did that one too? Right. Yeah, we yeah. helped with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like um, that narrative has been pretty powerful. I think Arc has come from a history of actually being pretty Bitcoin centric. Right. If you go listen to right. conversations with Yasin and Kathy, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, even. That was the case, but well, fair enough. Think, the industry came from being Bitcoin centric, so totally. naturally, yeah. Although it was like a nice contrarian bet to not be that in like 20, 2018, 2019. That but was like, a fun time, yeah. Uh, one thing that I think landed with me too was uh, you seems like, hey, we're looking at on chain metrics, and when we saw Ether start to exceed Bitcoin in terms of fee right. revenue mm-hmm. for for selling its block space, like that's when we knew, mm-hmm. like we we have to allocate something to this, right? right. Which is why we always talk about on-chain fees when we start the weekly rollups. It's such an important metric, and like people, like the retail, which again the bankless program is optimized for, like don't like those on-chain fees, especially the newcomers. Like, why are you guys celebrating fees? Like, I don't want to pay fifty to hundred dollars yeah, exactly. per transaction. Like, again, I also I also don't want to pay those fees. Um, but it does it still when you talk about the network as a whole, it is such a strong indicator of strength. Yep. that allocating capital is extremely relevant towards some of these metrics. That's the asset test, right? right. I mean, how much are you willing to actually right. pay to be in this block? That's right. the value of, of the chain itself mm-hmm. to some degree. I interrupted you. What, what else were you going to say? Uh, get to I can't remember. Else. I can't remember. Um, anything else we should discuss then? I think Kathy would like the Bankless podcast. I hope so. She said, hope she she said we were, I can't remember exactly what she said, but something about how we were like obviously dedicated to the crypto world. Something positive. Anyways, well, Kathy Wood, you're welcome to come back on. <laughs> actually, you know what? Ta- talking about the top 10 uh, dream guests, um, uh-huh. I know she's friends with Elon Musk. So maybe we make that happen. Oh, someday. Shit. Are, we, are we ready to call in a favor from Kathy Wood? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> maybe not 2021. Maybe that's uh, next year. If we thing, do get, if we do get Elon list. Musk though, we do need Vitalik here with us. I want that. I that want a great. conversation. That'd be, I think that would be even Vitalik better than just like just Elon. On Bankless, right? See what those guys talk about. Um, yeah. Hey, Brainiacs, welcome to the same Zoom room. <laughs> yeah, and they, they speak differently, but they also have a lot of similarities. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, they clearly have kind of a mutual admiration for each other. So uh, totally. hey, totally. let's try to make that happen someday, David. We'll shut the podcast down after that. Guys, <laughs> this has been The Debrief. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for being a uh, Bankless a Premium subscriber. Cheers.